to Horrible Friends, a podcast about horror movies, kind of in a book club fashion. We are going to talk today about Honeymoon from 2014. Um, starting off, my name is Kyle. And I'm Chris. I'm Mike. I'm Dan. And I'm Jarvis. And like I said, today we got Honeymoon. We're going to start out with a little bit of a background. We're going to talk about the plot. We're going to talk about the special effects, or the music and the sound effects, and then give a little spooky meter. Uh, starting out, Mr. Dan, would you mind doing the background? Absolutely. So, again, this is um, this is Honeymoon from 2014. Uh, this was directed by Lee Janiak. And this was Lee Janiak's first movie that she directed. She's also done some episodes of Scream, the TV series, and some episodes of Outcast. This movie, I couldn't find what the funding was for it, but I did find it interesting. I read an, an article uh, with an interview with Lee Janiak, and she said that she sent the screenplay to... Uh, the producers or who became the producers and they decided to get the funding through private equity. So they were like getting all the funding for it. Um, this movie did have a limited theater release and it actually only made in the box office somewhere between $9,100 and $24,000. Oof. Yeah. Did, yeah. did not make a lot, but I don't think it was out in theaters for very long, to be fair. Um, as I always do in 2014, we had these other horror movies. This is more of a sci-fi movie, but I'm still going to give you the horror movies just to uh, keep up with what I usually do. We had It Follows came out that year. Ouija, Tusk, and Creep. This movie runs about 87 minutes, and if you are interested in watching this movie, you can find it on Crackle and Pluto TV for free. And with that, I'm going to pass it back to Kyle to... Oh, wait. So we have a little bit of contention about our nude clock this week. Um, so we, we we're arguing over if a side boob counts if a butt counts or if you need like actual uh, genitals. Uh, I said the nude clock happened at 1529, which is where you can kind of see a shaft there. Cannot see a shaft. It's blurry. There's no dick. It's blurry. <laughs> um, can you, can Mike, you Mike said that it happens at what time? I say 1450. Where that's, you, that's the first shot of side boob. You see side boob. And Jarvis says at what time? Uh, it's definitely at 1446 where we get Rose Leslie's butt. Okay, I'm, so uh, you guys be the judge. Uh, dial in at 1-800-HORRIBLE-FRIEND uh, or just comment on our Instagram. Tell us uh, what, <laughs> what, <laughs> what – can you see the shaft? <laughs> dot com. <laughs> can uh, you see the shaft dot com? Yes. Uh, the new Phil Collins song. I can see <laughs> – I can see it coming in the air tonight. Okay, uh, Kyle, go ahead. Give us the plot. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I will go ahead and start us out. So this movie, pretty quick. It's got a hour and, I don't know, was it 25-minute uh, runtime? So About half as long as... Uh, the Cure for Wellness. Wellness. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we start out with our characters... Uh, 
it's slight voiceover. Uh, you see the car going down the road with the cans in the back like they just got married and surprised they just got married. This is the film from their wedding that they uh, they did little interviews, I guess, right beforehand and then together. It's very cute, very, very I don't know, some story about a, a Indian food mishap. And yeah, that that was the whole beginning of the movie was them just being all cutesy. Mm, uh, you, you're forgetting the part where uh, the the male character Paul, I believe his name is, becomes yeah. number one enemy because he makes a stereotype about Indian restaurants, saying that he got food poisoning from it. Offense, okay. right there. I, I was I upset. F- I felt attacked. Yes. And Same. then, and then after that, he said, um, "Fuck Indian food." And at that point, I wrote down, <laughs> I only hope that bad things come to this person. <laughs> yeah, he that that was interesting. I, I thought that, that was a little odd. It, he it was bad. There's no saving it. <laughs> yeah. I, I have down. They have a vendetta against Indian food because they both got sick at different times and ruined each other's plans. Like he got sick from the Indian food and ruined their, I think it was their first date. Mm-hmm. She got sick when they were supposed to go on a camping trip. So just illness ruins this couple's plans. So they should have a vendetta against illness rather than Indian food who did nothing wrong. And Indian food did nothing wrong. And they're fragile white stomachs. They can, they can both just suck it. They're fine. Indian food's whoa, delicious. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Well, actually, I'm, I'm glad you said that, because uh, what I was going to say is, so if you like movies that could potentially offend Dan, strap in, because Dan being offended <laughs> is going to pop up more than once during during this podcast. I may have written down a few notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but these these motherfuckers live in New York City. They they made sure we knew about it. Yeah. So how the hell can they not handle Indian food? What the hell's wrong with these people? What do they go to Italian food every night? Mm, I think I'll have the uh, spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> I could get Is down that- to Italian food every night. I don't think my fragile white stomach could handle Indian food every night. Is this is this your type five? Is where you're going? Your five minutes? Uh, you're gonna go on stage? Hey, what's the deal with the uh, <laughs> <laughs> Italian food? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jerry Seinfeld did it about airline food. Dan could do it about Indian food. What's the deal with Italian food? It's not that Italian. Turns out noodles come from China. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Dan. Yep. All right. I'm done. Sorry. All right. Go. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for coming to his TED talk, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. The the characters arrive after their fun time doing the little interviews and everything. They they must have had a great wedding. Seemed like it. They had. Did they have Indian food at the wedding? They did. Just they to did. Spite, they did it to yeah. spite their bad experience with Indian food. And so they had a good one. Great. They probably <laughs> got Indian food. <laughs> uh, so they they make it to the to a cottage uh, just outside of New York, apparently somewhere. It was and, in Canada. Oh no 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 no. It was no, in Canada because no. they show them oh, going no, across no, the border. No. I know, I know. Tell us about your hate. Tell us about your hate. Oh, and this is where it started. So let me go back to the cans. I saw the cans on the road. I was like, oh, okay, they're one of those people. And then when they arrived to the cottage, what, what started as like 10 cans on the back of their car was like two cans on the back of their car by the time they got there. <laughs> and I thought, these 
scoundrels they're just littering all over the road and then i realized it's canada and i said oh okay it's just canada <laughs> that's i i don't know that's canada's fault but okay oh it's canada's fault okay. anyway so we apologize to all of our canadian listeners out there i, I agree Who the fuck goes to canada for their honeymoon i don't get it you have a family cottage in canada yeah, I mean, it's this this famous family cottage, but they're from New York, and this movie would have been the exact same. You would have never known it was in Canada unless they showed them going across the border. There was well, no need to be in Canada. There's a scene later on where there's a minute amount of basic French spoken. So, <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I I, I want to say just to stoke the fire of Jarvis, uh, my wife and I almost took our honeymoon in Canada. You're gonna take your honeymoon in like December in Canada. I think no, that- well, that's why I said we shouldn't do that, but we almost did. We were gonna go to Montreal, but oh, okay. So we get an introduction to the famous family house. This fam- famous family house is old and they love to remind us about how old this house is there is a vhs player on an old tv there's an old stove there's an old microwave there's uh, there's just a everything in the house is old and they're telling us this i think to bring to light the fact that they just literally for this movie rented out a cabin and that's where all the money went to i guess uh this was this was the family cabin the famous family cottage. Yeah, sure. That's where she almost drowned as a child in the tub, which is yeah. a weird story to tell. And he got really turned on by it. He did everything. <laughs> everything. It was he was so stereotypically horny after like a honeymoon. And it's it's just it's a disconnect from like the reality of people date for a very long time before. And they hey, guess what? Everybody's probably boning. It probably. <laughs> They didn't even have that much chemistry to me, at least. It just seemed like it they didn't seem like a genuine couple. It felt a little forced in the wedding videos, but as like the first forever scenes in the beginning where they're just kind of joking around and playing around. I, I think I liked it. Their, their interactions were pretty good. Anyway, let's go ahead. I'm, I'm so happy that you said that, Mike, because I felt the same way through majority of this movie. I did not feel like any chemistry with them. So they it felt more genuine after she was all like, not herself anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm mixed. I I feel I feel like it was pretty genuine in the beginning, but like not after the wedding part. Like I said, once they got to the cabin and started uh, literally fucking around and fucking on every service they could. Um. Yeah. So they they got this little code word thing they like to do where he calls her like a cutie bee or something. What what was the phrase? Anybody remember? Honey bee. Honey bee. And she. She does this buzz thing and touches it's it's too it's disgusting. <laughs> it's just, Are they twelve? Yeah. Uh, I then the the characters go to bed after a long uh, maybe a long day of fucking I don't know. And uh, there is a light that shines to the window. It's a very bright light, and we just kind of move past that. None of the characters notice it. Whatever. That's the end of that. The next day we talk about the. Ducks. Uh, I just go back real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I just, (laughs) um, I thought it was really so. I, in the spirit of honeymoon, I watched this film with my wife. 
Um, so I'm going to give her a lot of shout outs um, because she was she was like, how can they be making out so much? That cabin looks so musty, uh, to which I replied, well, they're about to make it smell a lot different. Mm-hmm. And then they <laughs> fucked for like five minutes. <laughs> yep. And then we get we get the so the ducks were mentioned before apparently that her father loved to hunt there's a bear room there's multiple dead things dead birds dead ducks dead uh there's like wooden ducks and she wakes them up i thought it was going to be like a sex thing again i was like all right here we go no she got like a duck with her and the duck she just has it facing it and he wakes up freaked out because there's a duck in his face and it turns out she wrote a letter about the ducks when she was younger again it's, it's a bunch of plot that doesn't need to exist I, I guess it's just innocence or something i i don't know wait i'm sorry the duck wasn't on his face the duck was eating his nipple oh is that what it was yeah. doing okay seriously rubbing his nipple I think they were just trying to establish her as like a playful person. Yeah. And like they, they show their relationship with each other. Was was it just me or did it come across as crazy? It was yeah, it was a little it was childish. It was just weirdly like she she suddenly made it back to this this family thing and then she she just reverted sort of back to a child, which is not true because very I, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute because I actually I did like one piece of this film. Um, so we we get this like quack, quack, honk, quack, quack thing going on. And then they then they fuck surprisingly again. I think this is where the nude scene happens in the shower. Is that correct? Right. Right around this time. Uh, no, no, not yet. Yeah. OK, so we haven't at that point. They did fuck and they come out for pancakes and for pancakes, mm-hmm. he says something to the effect of, you've got to rest your womb. And she gets freaked the fuck out. She's like, uh, womb? And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, was, she was not ready for that little side comment. No. It was like, you just got married, and this is the first time you're discussing children? So you never had this conversation before if you were going to have kids or not, and you just got married. This was a conversation to have a week ago. Yeah. Three things come three things come to mind. One is at this point, I was genuinely convinced that this guy had never had sex before her. Uh, the second thing is the rest of your womb comment clearly means that uh, the public education system has failed him because he does not understand human anatomy. I was thinking uh, the same thing, yeah. The, <laughs> the third thing is Damn, does this man know how to make pancakes? Did you see his form? <laughs> he like swirls that shit there. He's like perfect circle pancake. Yeah, it's beautifully done, man. He can definitely make a pancake, but he cannot womify. Like it, the the womb comment is very funny. It's very much like machismo. Very like, I hit your womb. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> So they she looks very sad out the window. She's fretting about this thing. They talk it over. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. So then they, they cut to them outside. Very, very fun and playful music, even though they had like a very hard, like weirdly uh, legitimate conversation. And uh, the first thing I noticed was, man, these these guys are like blazingly white. They, they oversaturated the scene to begin with. But like both of these characters are just they're just they're i'm very white (laughs) i was about is that you saying that that's me saying that like i i i felt 
like there was a lot of white on the screen but uh either way so they're getting this boat ready and this is where like good i'm just gonna say our female lead is a redhead i know this may offend the majority of the people on this podcast but redheads are not known for their melatonin so it is true issue we have. i do like to sleep more and i don't get a lot of sleep so <laughs> so still a true fact uh it only offends two-fifths of uh the people on this podcast it's fine <laughs> we're doing all right <laughs> so if i offend under 50 percent it's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I think the other 50% of the people who you might have offended was just due to the melatonin melanin fact. That's that's, that's true. You've ruined that's everybody. True. You've ruined our <laughs> credibility as a scientific source. Come on. <laughs> a couple extra vowels in there somewhere. It's not a big deal. Remember, from yeah, chi- toss them in later. From I mean, children. Sci- science is not an exact science. We'll from- toss the rest of the vowels in with po- post production. That's, that's where we'll put all the rest of the vowels. From children of the Kern, we all became doctors, and now you've ruined that. Now we are not doctors, so thank you. Man, this is a great episode. We're doing great, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So uh, this is the scene that I actually did like. This is a a really uh, moving past this fun, playful, weird music. Uh, She. This is where like the the character differences kind of show up, and the the. I guess there isn't really a main character that they're both uh, characters together. Uh, but she she takes the hand here and she gets the boat ready. She's like prepping. She's very she's very much like on her game. And the entire time she's controlling the boat and very it it's a little break from like the normal like the guy is he does all the outdoorsy stuff. And this dude is just he's just loving it. He's it's it's oddly cute and, and kind of nice. I, I I did like this part. So so he she's net she's obviously the outdoorsy one in the relationship. She's yeah. from Canada. He's probably from the big city, didn't have that kind of life. But you know, I, I just want to say, you know, sometimes when when the lady kind of takes control, it's nice. It's it's nice to be the little spoon every now and then. Am I right? Let get an amen. You are 100 percent correct. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Hug hug me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the he he drops the anchor. She's she says, oh, did you did you tie? He's like, tie what? The, the anchor? Oh, fuck. <laughs> and then she catches it. It's a very funny scene. Uh, and then he she's ready to jump in the water. She takes off her shirt. He makes a you should be topless thing. And then uh, she touches it. She's like, oh, man, it's really cold. And it's the first jump scare of the movie because she touches. It. She's like, ah, and it's just cold. Uh, then he. He grabs hold of her and he's shaking her in his arms. And the first thing I thought of was, don't don't rock this boat. This boat cannot take this. Mm-hmm. You're going to flip this thing. This movie's going to end now. Uh, and it, But it does not. And they both died of hypothermia. Actually, yes. it did not end. No. Uh, so we we then move on. They make it back. This is when they this is when the nude scene happens. This is about 15 minutes in, correct? They, they like warm they take a yes. shower after yes, the, the water thing the right scene. yeah it, it goes right into like the shower scene it's it's butt and then it's side boob and then it's uh i don't know and then they then they have sex and in the shower that's it let the record show there is no shaft just side boob and butt. <laughs> uh 
they're dripping water all over. Did that not bother anyone else? Yeah. That, that was like tilting to me. I was like, I will tell you what bothered me. Like the, the water dripping was bad, but me and my wife both cringed at the same time when they are both touching the shower curtain. They're in doggy style in the bathtub, which by the way, it's, you know, that's, that's not easy. Shower sex is, you know, everyone might have a different opinion, but they touched the shower curtain, man. That is gross. Oh, you, you don't like that? Oh, go. No, yeah. thank you. I never de- that thing. You definitely have to do like acrobatics. Yeah. You're doing it for sure. Yeah. Anyway, so they, they go into the, uh, they go back into the, the bedroom. This is where the supposed shaft happens. She's on the bed. He walks in. It's, it's very there. blurry. Shaft it's gate. Shaft gate, sure. There's and no dick. There's no dick. <laughs> And then he, she says, oh, she says, I feel kind of full. And he, uh, <laughs> it was so cringy. Yes. I loved it. I know. And he goes, oh, you're dirty. And then grabs the rope. And I was like, oh, is this, is this Gerald's game? I, I had the same thing. I said, this is Gerald's game part two. Uh, and then nothing. I mean, they probably fuck, but I don't know. I, I think they just kind I, of passed that. I again was like. Yes, this guy was definitely a virgin before this. Like he's like, "Ooh, I filled you up." <laughs> like <laughs> like she's a cup or something. She egged him on though. She she thought it was funny. And but yeah, I don't know, man. It was it, it was a oh, supposed to be a cutesy whatever scene. Again, there's a lot of cutesy scenes and I, I think sex count here we're at like day 1, day 2 and maybe 6, 7 times. I don't know, man. It, it's been a lot and it's hey it's their honeymoon i guess so they got to get it out maybe or in i don't know someone had to have a gatorade and at least like a power bar at some point <laughs> and a bag of peanuts and a bag of, bag of peanuts yes. <laughs> for energy so we we end the, we end these scenes they, they are all they're hungry that's why he said i'm that's why she said i'm kind of full because he said huh, i'm hungry <laughs> and so they, they go out to go grab something to eat there's a restaurant down the road and they, they get there and they they meet the guy who's supposedly running it and he breaks a a, a light that's a light fixture or something like that and he's freaking the fuck out then he he realizes he so this is where I got a little confused. He called her Trixie, right? It sounded like he called her Trixie, yeah. So he calls her Trixie. The, uh, earlier, though, her, her character's name is B or... Uh, he it's called B. B. It's like, B. But it's B-E-A, Bay, Bay? Anyway. That's why he calls her his honey bee. Uh, fair. Okay. It's still gross. Yeah, anyway. It uh, could have just been this guy's, like, pet name for her. Like... Yes. When they were kids, because they knew each other when they were kids at at the lake. So it was probably just like what he called her. Yeah. I didn't think too much into that. I guess. It was just kind of weird. So, yeah, we we learned that she knows this guy. His name's Will. uh, And they're talking. They're having like a a oddly, uh, again, just weird. Hey, I remember you. Maybe they were a fling kind of thing. And then then we meet his wife, Annie. And Annie comes out and this dude is immediately uh, the domestic abuse case. It's hyper aggressive. It's hyper yeah. aggressive. <laughs> because I had, he first like smashes the lamp mm-hmm. and then like his wife comes out, he grabs his wife's arm very, very tightly. And my thing was like, what, what, this guy is a uh, domestic abuser. 
and they need to get this woman out of the situation as soon as possible and away from this man. This is he, I wrote that he wasn't I so wrote, wrote down three things. I wrote Will's gonna be a problem. That was one of the worst dining experiences I've ever had watching that <laughs> scene. And Dan is about to have a feminist field day with Egret's <laughs> victim blaming after this scene. Man, how did you know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, I had the same thing. I said I had Bay defends Will grab me his wife. She obviously did something awful. Also, why else would he grab her like that? Um, yeah, I'm not I'll, talking about the most egregious part of this. Oh, that even more it. egregious than the clear domestic violence. How the fuck does Paul not know what fucking hockey is? <laughs> I knew that was coming. No, I think he was being a dick. You, you eat a thing that's on the ice. Uh, he was. Uh, I'm going to. I'm defending him here. Yeah, the thing with the skates. He's being a dick because he doesn't want to bring this guy any sort of clout because apparently he was a big hockey man. So yeah, I think that too, because like Will was not like subtle at all because he definitely had some kind of attraction or some kind of history with B. And I guess by Paul acting like, yeah, that thing you love and are good at. I don't know what it is. I think it was more of a, he was trying to vie for like the upper hand or who was more alpha male. Yeah. But then we, we leave the scene, we go back, uh, they they walk home in the dark or whatever. I don't know. And then they make it back into bed. And this is where the victim blaming exists. I think he was upset. Correct. Uh, Our, our main are now going to become our, our new character, Paul. So Paul is upset. Because of what he saw, which is obvious domestic abuse. But then B is like, I don't know. She probably did something wrong. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. (laughs) I I mean, this is like obvious, right? It's like they both do it, though. It's not just one of them. Like Hmm. initially, they're both doing it. They're both like completely ignoring it, being like, she probably did something. And then Paul kind of has a woke moment. It's not even woke, right? It's just being a human being. He's like. Yeah, well, she she might have been being abused. And then B's just like, nah, and he's like, nah, fuck it. You're probably right. Yeah, then they fuck. Yeah, and then they just have sex. They're just like, no one calls the cops. No what shitty human beings? It continues. It started with the Indian food, went to the hockey. Now we're here. I hope <laughs> this guy dies. Uh yeah, no. He doesn't that's die. The, uh, that's a trifecta for Dan. Insult yes. Indian food. It actually insult, insult uh, women being abused and being not trying to stop it. That's where I draw my line. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it was a weird oh, scene. Uh, also, so, sorry. The next scene. I'm sorry, Paul couldn't use an anchor, but he wants to go fishing in the morning by himself. Three forty-five in the morning. Yeah, he would have he would have died. But yeah, so he wakes up in the middle of the night. The power goes wonky. His his phone goes off as well, which is, I guess, expected. He gets everything up. He's stumbling everywhere. He has no idea where he's at. (laughs) And he wants to go fishing again. He drops the worms everywhere. The dude is the worst. And then he finally checks his phone. It's three forty five. I guess he was waiting for sunlight instead of pitch black. Fair. And uh, he goes back inside. He's ready to go to bed. And our uh, B's gone. She's just not there. He's 
kind of freaking out. He expects that she's hiding. So he's like playing around and saying, OK, I'm just going to go back to bed. No need to hide anymore. Whatever. This this is a fun joke, but we're, we're done. And she's not there still. So uh, he does what every good horror movie does. And he goes out in the middle of the dark without a flashlight or anything else. And he's searching. Fucking, fucking white people. <laughs> he's, he's searching. Also, he's also not worried at all. Like the concern with this man is like not right. there. If my if my wife just disappeared in the middle of the night, I'd be flipping the fuck out. Like, yeah, it started I, out playful and then it started out. He started getting a little more confused and concerned, but still, I agree. It, it wasn't up to the level of, OK, someone's actually missing here. And that's a little ridiculous. It, I will say that. He, I don't know. It, we'll, we'll keep moving on. So he he moves forward. He's looking around in the woods, and he finally catches a glimpse of something in the distance. And it's another naked butt. Yeah, it's his, it's his wife. She's standing outside next to it, staring at a tree apparently, and just butt naked. And she's cold. And so he freaks out. He takes her back inside, wraps her up, and she is, uh, she's she's like, no, everything's fine. Everything's cool. What do you mean? And he comes back and says, well, I'm very worried. She goes, nah, don't worry about it. And I I think they just go back to sleep at this point. It was a very quick back and forth for the most part, but she's totally fine. I will say that's a pretty common trope in horror movies where it's usually the woman, unfortunately, mm. like disappears out of the bedroom and she's found outside or in a hallway naked with her back turned to usually her male companion. And she's out of it. And yeah, it's a very commonly used trope in these kinds of movies. Yeah, I will say there was like a weird uh, range of emotions because she was both OK and then not. She was trying to. Yeah, yeah. she looked like she was having a difficult time portraying an emotion, which is interesting. But Jarvis, what you got? I, I just don't see what the big deal was. Like, clearly, he just didn't read the honeymoon syllabus when it said early morning flashlight tag, early morning mm. nude flashlight tag, you know? Yeah. This is his fault. You really should read the entire syllabus before taking the class. So, dude, Paul sucks. <laughs> Paul does suck. He's he's not able to help her out in this situation. There's like almost little there's a little emotional help here. He's he's worried now, but then yeah, so then they go back to bed. He they wake up and she's gone right. again. But but Paul does the one good thing that he's good at in the morning. He, he makes breakfast. breakfast. He makes his breakfast. But he doesn't because she's not, missing. And she, he's like, oh, gets up and checks out. She's out there making breakfast. Oh, awesome. She's back to normal. No problem. Except not. So she created she's trying to create uh, French toast. Very simple. But French toast. Uh, she forgot to batter the French toast. So it's just burnt mm-hmm. toast instead. He's freaking out because it's burning and she's like, no, I battered it. I know how to make French toast. And he, he's no, it's not. So she's like, OK, maybe it was just because I'm sleepy, whatever. I did make coffee, though. No problem. He's like, OK, great. No problem. We'll just get past that. Uh, and then he pours himself a cup of hot water because there's no coffee because she yeah. didn't grind the beans. So now we're concerned. Especially coming off the him fighting around the woods the night before. These are like the first signs that she's not okay. They're just missing simple stuff like that. And didn't seem like she was aware that she did anything wrong. It just it starts to show the cracks in who she used to be. Yep. 
And so we keep moving forward. They go back out onto the water. Unless anybody, unless I missed something in between that. But I think that, that he ends up, Paul saves the day. We did say this. He ends up getting everything right. He's, he cracks the egg. He gets the milk. He's, my dude knows how to save a good breakfast. And he does. Yo, one-handed cracking Yo, the egg. Skill. So anyway, they go out into the lake again, I guess. And he he says his best joke here. He catches a frog. And I, I don't know what he said beforehand for her to freak out because I, I guess I wasn't paying attention. But then he says, I thought you would have been OK with that froggy Kruger. And I <laughs> uh, I had something down before because she was talking about uh, how she used to use frogs as bait and she used to just kill frogs. And yeah, at this point, I had to uh, run frog. She's going to kill you and use you for bait. Yeah, so sure. That's what that that's what that relates to. Yeah, and then Betty says Froggy Kruger, and I thought that was a very good joke. I appreciated but, it. But she had no reaction to it. She oh yeah, she didn't care. And then she was like, Why did you say that? He's like, I thought it was gonna be funny. And yeah. apparently she did not think of it. Uh and then she says, All right, let's go swimming. And then she just jumps into the lake, even though we know for a fact that it's very cold. Yeah. And so she looks confused. She's concerned. I guess she doesn't know what time of year it is again or whatever. She's losing her mind. Uh, They they come back to the to the uh, house and it is that she's hanging up clothes. And I think at this point I said that she's during their conversation. She's not fun anymore. She's made a hundred percent turnaround. She's kind of douchey. She, she said some offhanded comment about something being funny, not funny that she did just as a, a, an aside back to him. So because Paul asks her, why'd you jump in the water? And she says, I thought it would be funny. And like, I don't know if it's just me, but I, I, love a joke falling flat and no reaction more than I love a funny joke and I just thought it was funny how neither one of the jokes landed with each other and it just caused more awkward tension between the two of them fair yeah well her comment was obviously a slight to him yeah in his falling flat she was defensive she was like because I just I thought it'd be funny (laughs) and then that's where I said that she wasn't she wasn't fun anymore. She she was bad. So then they they have like a little bit of a talk. And uh, the lines I have here are, I just want to make you happy. And then they said, you do. And then they were like, all right, time to fuck. Uh, but no, no fuck time. He notices there are three bites on both sides of her legs. And she says, oh, it's just a mosquito. I was outside naked. Duh. And he says, no, that's not mosquito bites. I've I've seen a mosquito and they, they fight for a few minutes. And she says, all right, I'm going to go take a sleep. And he goes, what? She's, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go take a nap. And I have here like humans do. <laughs> like humans do. <laughs> I'm going to take a sleep like humans do. <laughs> so my wife immediately went, oh, and afterwards she'll do and eat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my, so he, she takes a nap. Uh, he goes out again. Is that correct? He goes out to do something. Yep. And he finds, I think he sees her nighty or something like that, that she had on her, her like secret, secret, sexy sleep, whatever. And it's all cut up and it's gooey. And he's like, well, 
that's not cool. And he brings it back and then he sneaks in the house and he finds her practicing lines in the mirror. She's just practicing her response to something, but he's not sure what she's talking about an Advil or Tylenol or, you know, she's just not feeling that well, whatever. And then she just turns around and he's not there and he's on the floor that I think with the video camera turning it off in the TV and that was kind of creepy her it's almost like she's practicing what she's gonna say in any kind of situation that might come up like she doesn't she wants to sound natural when she says this is where we start to see her character again breaking down why is she doing this we're not sure yet this is where the psychological part of this thriller starts to come in and it's odd so I I think I have the next thing here that she's he goes out to make a fire. Yeah, it was the most realistic fire scene I've ever seen. It was so good. (laughs) I I loved it because at first I was watching it. It's like, oh, he's building the nice tower. He's got the newspaper kindling in. This man knows how to build a fire. And after he tries to light five matches and just douses the whole thing with lighter flow, it's like, no, this man does not know how to start a fire. It it is my exact progression on how to start a fire. I'm like, oh, it's my it's mine too. <laughs> I know I know how to do this. Don't worry. Okay, maybe I'm an idiot. <laughs> Get the lighter fluid. And then there's a weird scene of them eating uh, marshmallows. Is it because it's hot? And she, is that why he's freaking out? Because she just ate it directly after it came off the fire. I guess he's just staring at her. I think it was because she. Well, it's because she looked like she had never eaten a marshmallow before. Like the whole thing was very strange the way she was eating it and like Mm. observing it. And it was like I I had already kind of like, all right, that's that's not her at this point. Like just the way she was acting in the mirror. Yeah. And the fact that she had their wedding video playing, it was like she was learning how to be her. Like humans do. I know about me. I am human. My name is Bay. My husband is Paul. So then they go to play a, a game of, I think it's Yahtzee. It looks like Yahtzee, but they don't use the cup. So I don't really, I can't say it's real Yahtzee, whatever. So they're not, they're sort of playing. And then she says, I want to kiss you. And he goes, yeah, I want to kiss you. And then they kind of make out a little bit. She, they, they, they get ready to go in for it. And then she goes, you're going to kill me, but... I have a headache. I took an Advil and I it won't go away. It's the same line she was saying earlier. Yeah, yeah it's the same exact thing she was practicing in the mirror. And and now he's freaking out. But he doesn't want to admit that he spied on her when she was doing that. So uh, he just she talks about worries. See, I was spying you. But by the way, you were practicing what you're going to say and you're not quite right. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, but instead he extends it and just says, why don't you want to have sex with me? Even though they had sex like a billion times in the last like day and a half. So it, whatever. So then he says, I want to see you in your special nightgown because she's, she's about to give him head. And she goes, why? He goes, oh, well, you look sexy. And then she freaks out that she put it away in the box. I mean, not the box, the the, the other thing. And then she's freaking out. Uh, and the clothes box. The clothes box. And then she she rolls the Yahtzee dice again because they're in an argument for a while. And then she gets a three of a kind of sixes. Six, six, six. Oh, wait, is that what it was? Because I thought they were playing poker on the dice. And I was like, oh, wow, she got a boat. That's cool. 
I because I, I saw three sixes oh. and two fours, so I was like, oh, a boot. Oh, you know, it probably was a boot. That's yeah. probably foreshadowing. Yeah, oh, okay. I went with Yahtzee. Son of a bitch. But yeah, yeah good for you. I, I That's thought, good. I, I thought it was Yahtzee also. <clears throat> Can I just go back real quick to that exchange? I want to kiss you. I want to kiss you. I fully expected her to be like, well, I want to use yourselves for sustenance. <laughs> like, I was so certain that was about to happen. Yeah, this movie probably would have been better. I also want to push my lips up against your lips. <laughs> Can we procreate after this? My womb is waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and so they go to bed They're uh, They argue at each other for a while. And then he's starting to seem like the crazy person. Uh, because when she gets up in the middle of the night, he says, where the fuck were you? And she goes, oh, I was getting a glass of water. I was thirsty. Duh. And then he she doesn't have a glass of water. He goes, OK, but where is it? And she just shuts up and uh, they they get into an argument for a while. And then he's in a different bedroom, I think. And no, no, this is when they're still together. And then a light shines through the window. He notices the light. Uh, she doesn't notice the light. And he gets up with a shotgun and he goes outside and he just fires it in the air. And then she looks very upset at him. How many of you would trust Paul with a gun? Nope. Nope. 0%. But what's your alternative? You're either there with Paul and his gun or you're there with Creepy Bay. I think I think I'd take my chances with Creepy Bay than Paul with a gun. We, we've established that Paul's awful. We don't know if B is terrible yet. Fair. Let alone the fact that he's firing a gun at a flashlight, basically. Like, he's firing buckshot at a beam of light. Uh, Nope. Nope. No gun for Paul. No. (laughs) So he comes back inside. They argue for a while. Uh, So she... they're freaking out. She says, you're you're ruining this. You're ruining our time together. She's really adamant about the time that they have left together, yeah, I guess, for during this, uh, their honeymoon. Um, this is all because he's confronted her now about everything. He's confronted her about Will. He's confronted her about the shotgun blast and, and everything else that's happening. And she has no answers for any of it. She just feels uh, like she's been slighted. They go to bed in different beds, but he doesn't go to bed. He just like absentmindedly flicks a light on and off for the entire night or something and then wakes up. Um, then. Yeah, he looks out the window and uh, he looked at the window and looked like he almost saw something. Was was that uh, it's, was there something out there? I had a glare on my screen, I think, and I couldn't see in the dark. <laughs> there was something looking in at him. OK, so there there was something out there then. OK. I had a feeling because it it zoomed in and I was like, all right, whatever. But anyway, so he wakes up in the morning and he finds her writing in her journal. It's simple things like my name is B. My husband is Paul and like her address and a bunch of stuff. Uh, She looks super confused and lost. She's lost. She's absolutely lost her mind. He's freaking out because he's no idea why she's doing it. And then she's she's walking around and he says something about her. Her bug bites look really really bad and i was like i don't know i didn't see him they look really really bad (laughs) going back to the journal thing it was like just surface level basic facts that she had to remind herself about and like if she was okay it's not some it's not the kind of thing you would need to remind yourself about yourself 
they, they were very very base level stuff and it was very interesting um so we were getting some like odd character development for her uh but then she suddenly has the ability to function again and she goes out fishing she talks about uh she talks about how the worms have the ability to stay underwater for five minutes just absent-mindedly i guess yeah and so he says i want to go but she says no no we should really stay i don't want to argue but we should stay uh but he wants to leave so he gets back um and i think this is where she oh she starts to bleed on the boat and so they get back very quickly and because he tried to he tried to finger her and then she started bleeding right yeah it was uncomfortable I don't know if he was just trying to get it started at that point or if he was just like trying to check if she was okay down there or even just check on the bug bites. But yeah, it was an awkward scene. He puts his hand. Not a chance. (laughs) Not a chance. Oh, I'm just checking your, I'm checking your bug bites. Now he's trying to fuck. Again, virgin. Yes. (laughs) I have to touch it. I must touch it. So... (laughs) Uh, so they get back in the house she's freaking out about the blood or he she's totally fine with it he's freaking out about about the blood um and she it's very dark outside uh suddenly as he goes to find will because he says okay well if you're not going to tell me i'm going to go find will they go to find will will isn't there he finds annie instead she says oh he's hiding and then her last words to him before she before she runs away with a bunch of rope is, uh, we will hurt you. And then she gets yes. in the boat and just dips. And then Will's hat is in the water and it's soaked in blood. Cool. From a comment earlier, uh, it was mentioned that there was no way he was ever going to take off his hockey hat unless uh, they ripped it from his like cold dead head or something like that. So. And Annie's got the same bites on her thigh that. Uh, yes. B has. Correct. Yeah. So. Stuff's starting to click inside of our of Paul's head. Uh, he, he goes to inside. go back to earlier, not to discount at the time what uh, Will was doing to Annie, not to discount the aggressiveness he had towards her. But now I wouldn't call it justified, but it makes more sense as to why he was acting the way he was, seeing as what's been going on with Paul and B. That Will was probably experiencing this same type of confusion from Annie and like odd behavior from Annie where she wasn't acting normal. And that's why Will's actions seemed a lot more sinister than they actually probably were. It has context, but I will probably in Dan's vein here, I will say that the reaction is still not normal. I I was actually going to say, I thought about that. um, And if that, had something to do with it. I actually don't think it did. I think that the guy was just abusive in general, and then that compounded onto it. Um, yes. And the reason I think that is because right after that scene initially happens, um, and he's like inquiring to be about it, she's just like, "Oh, he's just machismo," like making all the excuses in the world for him, and like kind of that was B. I'm not trying to like say it may it wasn't that, but I'm just saying. Uh, even later on in the movie, like Paul's actions towards like B, like his aggressiveness towards her. I mean, I, I don't want to jump ahead too far, but at one point he ties into the bed and like, that's something he never would have done at the beginning of the movie. So maybe in a similar vein, just will having just 
being with Annie and like just not knowing what was going on and his own confusion, his own concern for his wife. I'm, it's a kind of touchy subject and I don't want to get too deep into it or discount any kind of abuse that may or may not have been there. But I just, I think it had to do with the context of why his actions were what they were and seemed sinister in context, but they may not have been an, uh, like a sinister like feeling behind it from Will. I mean, yeah, well, and we saw Will for literally about a correct. minute. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. it's it's hard it's hard to say either way. Like what was going on, especially once we get well, a little more context of what's going on with them. Yeah, well, let's well let's talk about when we first meet Will briefly. He he shattered the lamp, and every time there's like some weird stuff in the middle of the night, all the lights flicker. So while while there might be some background of character development that we don't know about Will, uh, I think it's pretty much just straightforward. He's reacting emotionally to all the crazy stuff going on. See, I would agree with you, but he only broke the lamp because that's how he tells people that they're closed. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's his closing bell. Yep. Cool. (laughs) A sign would suffice, really. Uh, yeah lamps are a little expensive but whatever we'll break them all i was was gonna say it would be a lot it would be a lot cheaper to just buy a sign but no (laughs) will's committed you Uh, gotta get a new lamp every day if the lamp's broken you know they're closed (laughs) he means it he means it so anyway so they he goes inside of their house after annie dips and he finds out through their security camera that Annie also had a light shined on her face as she leaves the computers like flickering and freaking out. The lights are freaking out. And then suddenly the computer just cuts out. That's the end of that. But not really, because while he's standing in the house, it is now pitch black outside and we see a figure out in the window. I just want to say, like, if you look at the walls of the, I guess it's like the office or the house where the computer was, there is signs like up against the wall. Let's say, uh, my name is Annie, my name is Annie, my name is Annie. And these are pretty much the exact thing that B was writing in a journal. My name is B, my name is B, my husband is Paul. So now it's like undeniable that they went through the exact same thing. Right. So the notes are also gooey. We're not sure why everything's gooey, but things are gooey still. Uh, There's the figure out in the window. He runs home and he I, I expected him to get attacked at this point. I was like, oh, that thing's going to get. Nope. He makes it home. He's good. And he can only recite things down in the book that she had originally written. She no longer has any memory of what she spoke about beforehand. And uh, he's finally piecing some stuff together. And she they get into an argument again, back and forth. And she says, I want to protect you. And my only question was, uh, from what? Uh, she's hidden the keys. Uh, when he's flying through the house looking for the keys after they've argued about whatever she's like freaking out about, because we're, we're still not sure. He's he's looking around the house for keys. Every single time I go to somebody's house, this is me. This is me literally looking around the house, frantically flipping <laughs> couch cushions and looking under like the stove for key. I, I don't know what I do with my keys, guys. Mm. But uh, yeah, so then he it, they, they she ends up getting locked inside the bathroom at some point. She locks herself in there rather. And through their arguing, uh, she's got a knife or something pokey and she's trying to shove it up inside of her, I guess. And there's a lot of blood. 
and he breaks down the door and this next couple of minutes is just kind of weird of them going back and forth. She's saying everything's fine, but she's obviously also saying everything's not fine. Uh, there's a lot of blood and she's leaking hair gel. Yeah, she's leaking yeah. hair gel and goo everywhere. And they make it onto the bed at some point and they're they're arguing and then they make it off the bed and then he ties her up in ropes. This is where it starts getting extra weird. This is where it was uh, Gerald's game, the sequel. Yes, this is actually where Gerald's game comes in. She's tied up at the top and the bottom of the bed. And my dude has cracked. I I felt bad for him at this point. He's lost his shit as well. So he's he's freaking out. Uh, She's freaking out. And then he goes, well, you got her toes and her knees. And then he then he licks her and he's like, you taste like her. I was like, okay, is this where the whole thing flips and he's actually the bad guy and none of this was real? <laughs> but I, mean, I thought the same thing. I was like, am I crazy? <laughs> Do I taste the same? <laughs> <laughs> but but then we get spider coochie. Yeah, then uh, then we get spider coochie. So that was so disturbing. Well, he sticks his finger in her and I think he said she go. He asks, like, how does that feel? And I don't remember what her response was, but then he finds he, he took his hand out and I was like, yo, she looked it, it looks like a pumpkin. Like he stuck his hand in a pumpkin. <laughs> and no, her response was that was not like, a finger, man. Yeah, that was like a fist. That was not a finger. He pulled <laughs> his whole fist out. And at, at that point, I dubbed the movie Fisting My Alien Morph Wife, a Canadian tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's so much better of a name for this movie yeah it probably would be better, better at the box office i'd go see it if it was <laughs> yeah, absolutely and so he's he's pulling he's starting to pull out something like a magician pulls out the the multicolored cloth from his mouth and it's just this endless string of something and then finally at the very end these uh, these like tentacled creature bottom it, lo- it looked like an umbilical cord for a while that went on way longer than it should have yeah and every great. every second he's starting to he's breaking even more like he's his eyes are just wide and he's confused in terror it's it's actually as gross as it was it was a pretty good scene well it was <laughs> i won't say i liked it but i couldn't look away just... fun fun fact uh so it looked like an intestine that they pulled out, right? So they were trying to go for a look of like alien with the how they used to do like lambs intestines or stuff, but they mm-hmm. can't do that anymore. So they used a shower cord mm-hmm. under, oh. the under the bed, probably, and pull it out. Interesting. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, my notes there are uh, what the fuck is this? I said he's a champ. What is it? super umbilical cord does she know what it is and then she says don't leave and then it spurts and i'm like well she's dead now yeah whether whether that thing was controlling her or not i was like she's dead now i had just more eels (laughs) (laughs) good so definitely an homage to last week Yes. And and so this is like the movie just ends abruptly in the next 10 minutes. It's very quick. If it was even 10 minutes, it might have only been five. But she admits she's like, hey, I remember now. I didn't remember. I remember everything about us. Everything's fine. Uh, 
except not really. We only have a little bit amount of time left because, by the way, aliens definitely got me and they put something inside me. They know what I'm thinking. I know what they're thinking and I know when they're coming. I know what I have to do. And she was like, I can't do it, though. She was like, just watch the movie with me. And uh, yeah, it, it the light shines on her face at some point. And then she's instead of like freaking out, she just gets very still and says, that's it. We run out of time. And then I was like, oh, OK, that's cool. And yeah, so she says that she needs to hide him. So he's saying, no, we got to leave. We got to leave. And then he she he gets smacked in the face with the, the video camera. Yeah, she knocks him out. Bam. Correct. He's passed out. He wakes up in the boat and she's like, look, I have to hide you. And he goes, OK, but what are we doing out here? And I was like, oh, actually, not a bad, bad idea to put him in the boat in the middle of the lake that like nobody would ever go look at. She has other ideas. I thought he was by himself until yes. they pan up and she's sitting in the boat with him. Yes. So she has him tied up to the anchor that we saw earlier. And she Wait. says, hmm? and, and we all thought it right. At least she knew to tie off the anchor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, she tied it off and she goes, look, I have to hide you under the water for a little bit. And he goes, but I can't do that. <laughs> Yeah. And she goes, no, no, you'll be fine. And I thought maybe I legitimately thought it was going to be like a quick Passover kind of thing. And then the aliens were going to come and go kind of thing. Nope. Toss them over. Uh, he's dead. That's just the end of that. Done. He's down. That she needs to hide him under the water. And this goes back to before when she was talking about how the worms could live underwater for five minutes. I think that was kind of like a foreshadowing to him yes. going to the water. But at the same it time... It actually goes... Good. It, it goes back to my first note that I wrote about this, which is that I hope the worst thing possible happens to this guy. And it did. <laughs> Everything worked out. I was so happy. So he he gets dropped down. Uh, and then the eyes... Uh, I'm just going to clean up real quick. And Jarvis, you can jump back in. Uh, she Her eyes just like... Uh, she looks like she's been out in the sun for a hundred years. Her face is red. Her eyes are yellow. And then we see her a few minutes later watching her, her thing and uh, her, uh, her wedding video and her eyes are yellow and her face is peeling. And yeah. yeah. What do you have to say? Jarvis? Oh no, dude. No. So I, I wrote down when I saw the boat, I was like, well, first off, when he, when I noticed that he was tied up, I was like, oh, OK, it's not just my dude who's been watching some kinky YouTube tutorials. So I thought that was cool. You know, they had that sh they had that shared desire for, for their honeymoon. Um, but when I realized that she was about to allow in that poor man, I freaked the fuck out. Drowning is like my number one dude. And like Aladdin is absolutely at the root of that. I remember that when I was little, and I was like, oh no, oh no, I'm reading it. I, we missed the movie there. I think if it wasn't just me, you broke up I a lot. I think it was Aladdin. I think it was Aladdin. Oh, yes, yes, Aladdin. Aladdin was absolutely at the root cause of that. Okay. Yeah, that's that's rough. Um, but yeah, rounding out the movie, there's uh, you expect a big turnaround of like, oh, look, it's aliens. I guess it was aliens that they. They cut out like one second of uh, there's like a curly hand monster uh, kind of humanoid. And it's just a bright light and a bunch of blurry images. And it was, it was honestly not a great ending. But uh, that's the plot. That's it, I guess. So let's go ahead and go with this. Uh, Mike, do you have a, a shout out you want to give this week? Uh, I actually do have another shout out this week. 
This week's shout out goes to Glenn's Video Rental and Grocery Outlet. Uh, Netflix Schmetflix, who wants the ease and convenience of online streaming services when you can go to Glenn's Video Rental and Discount Grocery Outlet? At Glenn's, they have literally dozens of titles you can choose from. Seinfeld Season 4 Disc 2, the shot-for-shot remake of Psycho starring Vince Vaughn. Glenn might have them. I don't know. Go check. What am I, the inventory manager? Why are they stock up on slightly exploited meat trimmings and dented mystery cans? Nothing goes better with physical media than the exciting game of Willis heavily discounted food make me physically ill. So running down to Glenn's, where the late fees are, like, totally reasonable, and the sell-by dates are allowed by the government. Glenn's Video Rental and Discount Grocery Outlet, we love you. Thank you, Mike, for that shout-out. So oh, you're welcome. Let's go ahead and swing over to the uh, cinematics portion. Uh, movie was fine. Nothing too crazy out of this. Uh, I, I I loved the sweeping shots going into Canada, though. That was that was the best part. That's a joke. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there there wasn't anything bad about the cinematography. They they had some good follow shots. They had some. The lighting was actually really good, especially in the beginning when he's out searching around for her in the darkness the first time. The the lights didn't overkill a uh, overkill the area. So uh, it was uh, it was pretty great. Uh, um, I'm going to take that back. It was pretty OK. Uh, anybody have anything cinematic wise? There wasn't a lot. There, it was it was good. It was shot. All right. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, it was very OK. OK, so uh Special effects this time. Yeah. How do we feel? Special effects. Um, they're pretty good. Yeah. Like, I mean, talking web vagina and vagina worm, you know, pretty solid effects. Yeah. All those vagina effects are very uh, convincing. There's a lot of <laughs> vagina effects. Yeah. A lot of blood. It was, done. it was done very well. Yep. The, the blood looked good. Everything seemed fine. Uh, oh, last week and this week, um, odd, odd period talk. In these these yeah. last two, hmm. yeah, yeah. Hey, look, and and we did this one without any rape. Isn't that so nice? Wow! Congratulations. Well, 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 well some like maybe intergalactic. Rape. Uh, yeah. Well, probing. Yeah, sure, but you know, we it could be probing. Where do you draw the line between alien rape and probing? Dan? Where's your stance? Well, hmm. hmm. That's anyway. the thing about that. I'll get back to you on the next episode. I'll get back to you on the next episode. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, the effects were very minimalist. There mm-hmm. wasn't like any like special effects really. Like the only thing I can point out, like you had said before, was the vagina pulling out eel scene, and that was most likely done practically. So yeah, I, I thought the effects were good. It felt like an actual old cottage in the mountains or the woods yeah um and music and sound uh there wasn't a ton of music is that correct i don't i don't remember much no there wasn't there wasn't really there wasn't a lot of sounds that really like carried throughout the movie um i wouldn't even call it just minimalist it just there just wasn't much to it there was that um, heartbeat type sound that we would hear whenever the the light would come on. Oh, it like the, sound. the thrumming or whatever you want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that hum 
kind of thing. That's that, that's very I think I, I started feeling it was aliens right when that sound came in, because I think that's a, a used trope of like a, a hum sound that people hear before like an alien shows. I don't know. I also wrote down that uh, in terms of suspense building, when they were out in the woods, when he was looking for B, uh, autumn leaves, you know, crunching in the distance, never goes out of style. Agreed. Yeah, I was going to say the, the uh, implying that somebody's out there, you know, just crunching the leaves outside your window. It, it's pretty it, that's creepy enough. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. With that, uh, I'm I'm good. So I'm thinking, uh, what is our rating scale this week, Dan? All right. So again, we know we all know it. Uh, what the theme was of this movie? It was very clearly ducks. Uh, there were about five wooden mallards in this movie. So, guys, zero to five wooden mallards. What would you give this? Hmm. Hmm. Um, I'm. Um, uh, movie quality, or is this still spoopy meter? This is still spoopy. Still spoopy meter. Zero to five. What would you give this on a spoopy? And then overall, whatever. Um, on spoopy. I'm spoopy. I'm just probably going to give it a one. I wasn't really spooked at any point. Mostly just God. So confused. Not sure what was happening really at any point. And overall, I'm also probably just going to give it a one. I just had trouble following the movie. I just didn't pick up on things like you guys did. And I don't know, just not being able to follow it and being confused half the time just really had me like mentally check out from it and just kind of stopped caring about it. I would probably say like one and a half spoopy meter. I mean, it wasn't like overly scary or it didn't try and like use jump scares to scare you, but just the thought of being in Paul's position as much as he may be disliked and he may have been a shitty character. This what if you look at it from his perspective, he was going on this trip on his honeymoon. He had just gotten married. It was supposed to be like the happiest time of his life. And you just watched the woman you know and you love and you just married like disappear. And she's not who she was and there's nothing he can do about it. So he may not be well liked by us. and But if you look at it from his perspective, he lost everything he knew and loved. And he just lost his mind too. Yeah, I will. I'll echo both of those and just say spoopy. Yeah, if if it's zero to five duck, yeah, I guess just one. I, I think just that that fear of losing somebody you you loved is is rough. But beyond that, there wasn't any. There wasn't really any jump scares. There wasn't anything that really. I guess the the freak out part was just yanking that yanking that chain, man. That's pretty much it. Um. And uh, one. That's your overall as well. Um, you know, I I think it was quick. So for me, I I, I came closer to like a two or three duck, only just because it it was it was quick. It it, it went fast, and I I like aliens, I guess. So it it was cool with me. I'm going to I'm going to go a little a little out of the way of you guys, man. Um, so in, in terms of spookiness, right, um, it, it's not just a crazy, scary movie. 
we already talked about kind of the themes it uses to induce fear or suspense or unease. Um, but like, I really liked what they did. And I like the fact that it was a slow, slow build. I didn't know what genre movie this was for like two thirds of the movie. Um, I did no research on it. I, I went into it completely blind and I, I really liked it. So in terms of spoopiness, um, two, two and a half to three, but overall, man, I'm, I'm giving it a four. I, I think it was tight. It was concise. Um, I liked that. It kept me guessing. I had, I had feelings about which way they were going, but I wasn't certain until like two thirds in. And even then when old boy started losing his mind, I was like, shit, am I crazy? What, what's happening? I have no idea. Um, yeah. so I, I'm going four overall. I liked it, man. I liked it a lot. I'll give it, I think you convinced me a little bit. I'll do a three and a half. I think it, it wasn't bad. Yeah. I did like this movie too. I get my spoopy meter might not have been too high, but overall, like just enjoyability of this movie. I did like it. So I would say like three, three and a half. It's an enjoyable movie. If you do like a slow build, if you're into more of like a fast paced movie, like train to Busan, where there's something that's always going on and it's more just shows you what it is and it's right in front of your face. You probably wouldn't like this, but if you do like the slow build movies and the kind of mysterious, you don't know exactly what's going on and you have to figure it out for yourself. This would be the movie for you. Dan, what you um, got? I am for spoopiness. Uh, so we, we've uncovered what your guys' freak-out things are. Uh, this movie hit my freak-out things. I don't like seeing things get stabbed in gory ways with, like, knives and things that impale. Uh, that really freaks me out. So I got it. I'm only going to give it a 1.5, though, because there were only a couple scenes like that where they're, like, ripping things out of people and, yeah, doing things like stabbing Um really really uh like gory um so i'll give it a 1.5 for that in terms of overall i'll give it a three out of five ducks just because um i like the themes that they did uh i never really felt like it was a horror movie it didn't freak me out outside of the ending um but the themes of like almost being in a bad relationship right it's like that feeling of constantly hiding things from people and always doubting yourself. And it's even more so because now you're in a relationship with that person. You are committed to that person through being married. And um, I, I think that it's like compounding other emotions in there. So I like the idea of tackling that subject. However, like I said earlier, I don't think that there was good chemistry between the two actors for about half the movie. I think once we hit the halfway point, they kind of both found their stride. But I, I feel like the director should have caught that and like maybe reshot those scenes. So like they did. I, I don't know. So that gelled a little better. Uh, I don't like the ending because I don't like those kind of endings where it's like, like aliens. Um, I, I just kind of think that they're corny and a little overdone by 2020 but that's just my opinion on that but overall i'll okay. give it a three out of five wasn't a bad movie um yeah it's it's worth a watch yeah agreed i think that's a pretty succinct uh overview of what the movie felt for me i think it's if you got a minute if you have you know a couple like an hour and 20 minutes just give it a watch that's fun it's quick i like rose rose is cool um he was no john snow 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, Absolutely not. He was no John Snow. Nope. No John Snow. But I wish the villain was like an alien moose mountie. That's where I'm at. <laughs> That's really what I wanted. I'm sure we could find a horror movie like that. Oh, yeah. Can we? Oh, yeah. If any, of, if any of our listeners have a movie with an alien moose mountie, please, you can't send it to us fast enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I will gladly take that. If anybody has that, you know, we can be found everywhere. Find us on Twitter at Horrible Friend. Find us on Instagram at Horrible Friends and email us at HorribleFriends at gmail.com. Beyond that, uh, I think I'm just going to round this out with a little bit of uh, some thanks. I want to thank uh, Connor McLeod for our artwork for our podcast. And I want to thank uh, Andrew Cavanaugh for our intro and outro music. And yeah, I think that is it. Next week, we're going to do Scream, the 96 version. Yes? Yes, 96. Cool. That's correct. Alrighty, so uh, Chris, what do you have to say to the great people? Thanks for stopping by and having a horrible time. Uh-huh.